Hello, everyone. Welcome to Waxing Lyrically. I'm your host, Elisa Hinton. And I'm Drex Holt, just here helping her out. <laughs> you are absolutely the co-host. Yep, yep, I know my role. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to the mini Waxcast Director's Cut. That's a mouthful. It really nice. is. I, I, I pinned that earlier, I guess. Good Maybe job. that's why I am. <laughs> At least I don't have to say it. <laughs> We're going to be uh, interviewing Darlene Irvin. She is the director of The Mousetrap, which is sponsored by Citizens National Bank. Spoiler alert, it already happened. We're just <laughs> pretending. <laughs> the sponsorship or the show? No, the interview. Oh, yes. All right, we're going to have to cut that, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) So now that I get up to speed, Mm -hmm. I do want to say that this show is less than two weeks away. It sure is. As You're in the show. How does that make you feel to hear less than two weeks away? Oh, no, it's great. I I really, um, I love my my role. I I don't have a lot to say, but it's going to be really fun. And um, not to say I'm ready. but I, I feel more ready than I normally do when I have a lot more lines. So. <laughs> Imagine that. Lucky, lucky me, but no, not just me, everybody. You know, I don't want to get in on this, this schmooze fest, but I mean, we're going to be ready and it's going to be awesome. It's a Two weeks is not scary to cast. me. It's starting February 9th is opening night. Yes. And uh, we've got, that'll be a Friday evening. Then Saturday the 10th, there will be two shows, a matinee and an evening show. 2.30 and 7.30. And then Sunday the 11th. At 2.30. And then we come back and do that all the same way the following weekend. Is two weeks enough? Um, two I weekends. think three weeks would be good. I agree. I don't know about much more than that, though. Definitely not less. I always feel like... The finale, I'm really kind of wrapping my head around my character, oh, you know, yeah, and I would love, yes, and I would love to have one more weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe that's not every show, but, um, you know, the, the past few ones that I've been in for sure, I was kind of wishing that there would be three weeks. And I, I feel like, uh, this is going to be one of those that we're going to want to watch and then come back and watch again because there is a little bit of a twist. And so, you know, maybe you don't notice some things and then you think, wait a second, how could that be? So you want to come back and see it again and go, ah. And it's what makes the the whole process of doing community theater kind of, uh, I don't want to say, well, it's it's beautiful and then it's tragic. Maybe not tragic. I can't think of another word that quick right now. But it's, um, you know, we can't tape them. So they're kind of lost forever. Yes. You know, we can't tape them because of the rights. And you can't really get back to it. So it's kind of, you make it, and then it's gone. Absolutely. And that is both beautiful and very and, sad. Yeah, yeah, it is, for sure. That's a very poetic way to put things. Well, thank you. Next. I mean, uh, this is called waxing lyrically, <laughs> yeah. after all. If you are interested in coming to the show, students are $10, adults are 15 and... Uh, Let's go ahead and start waxing with Darlene. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh Well, Darlene, let's start talking about the show. So before we get into 
the meat and potatoes. What I am interested in is how did you get to become the director? Every show needs a director. So how did that happen for you to be chosen or were you voluntold? How, how did that work? I think, I think that voluntold is probably the best answer. <laughs> uh, ding, ding, you get the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been here, what, I guess this is my third year here. Mm-hmm. That, Going on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, about once a year, I'll hear from Eric or Nancy Joe, and they'll say, you know, you are going to, you're going to direct. I'm like, well, okay, so what do you want? Well, I'll let you know. And then the next thing I hear is the show I get given. <laughs> oh. And what's okay. so funny about this is that this show and the last show are uh, Agatha Christie shows. Um, I'm, I was never a reader or a fan of Agatha Christie. It's just not my, my genre. Same, mm-hmm. no. um, I don't mind it, but I never read any of the books or anything. So what that meant was, was last year when I did Mount, uh, Murder, and then this year both, I've had to go in and do a lot of research to get caught up to everybody else. There's a little cult here in town, and they're all Agatha Christie fans. You oh, know, yeah, They know about yeah. this. So you can carry on an intelligent conversation right, as a director. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, as, as intelligent as I can be with it, you know, and, and uh, but I loved Murder so much last year. It was so much fun. And, you know, the twist and the plot, that whole thing Mm -hmm. makes it so much fun that when they said, well, would you be willing to do Mousetrap? And I was like, yeah, I can do that again. And it was funny because Caitlin said, my daughter Caitlin says, Mom, it's so funny. You keep ending up with these Agatha Christie shows Mm -hmm. and you're not even the main (laughs) fan. You know, it's what it is. But um, that's how it happened. It's kind of a luck of the draw. And it also has to do with availability Mm -hmm. because since I'm retired, I'm available during the early winter and the spring, mm-hmm. whereas most of our directors who are still trying to do public schools are not because they're tied up in the one-act play season. So people like Shannon uh, and, and that's Katie why they do the summer. and Billy, they're all busy during spring. Always, always so busy. Now, the only thing I have then is I, have, I, I judge state around the state mm-hmm. one-act play. And uh, I'm committed to that, but I can kind of plan around. And usually I don't have to do that until the show's on the boards and I don't have to worry about it. So it works out. Yeah. So uh, when, when, you, when you do this, um, you know, we've gotten to where uh, you, you, you've been, you know, uh, told which show that you're going to yeah. do. Um, we'll call so, it Ask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would so, you like to? So I guess after that... Um, you know, what is, uh, you know, you have the auditions and what is it you're looking for in, in, uh, in cast members? I know it's going to be different depending on which part or whatever, but, uh, what is it that, that you're looking for in the audition? You know, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm the classic director type person or not. Um, I'm looking for the actor who shows up at audition, who knows a little bit enough about the role that they have an idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's always impressive if they've done a little research and they kind of know what they're expected to do. And and I kind of think that one of my, my gifts is the ability to see potential in people. And I'm a big believer in trying to get people to do things they might not have done before. So if I see someone that maybe hasn't had a major role before or a substantial role and I think they're ready to do that and try it but they don't necessarily know they are mm-hmm. I kind of get tickled being the one that says nah you can do this it's going to be great and every time I'm never disappointed so you know I don't know what that is but I'm looking for that spark of interest oh for sure good because they're going to be really excited about it 
And, you know, it's, I guess it's hard, you know, I think if I were a director, I would want to go with the known quantity, you know, and you're saying the opposite. Well, you know, know, sometimes. most cases. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. Now, there's some roles that you've got to have a certain kind of actor or you're not going to be able to to do the show because you've got to have some people that know their way around the stage and Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. And, and there's some roles like that in this show. I needed people that were already competent enough in, in their talent that I could just say, here's what I need you to do, and we're going to work on that, and we're going to go this direction, and we're going to start from there. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm no fool. I am never going to turn down terrific talent. <laughs> yeah. The problem we have here is that we have so much terrific talent that lot. you have to be discriminating enough to decide. And I'm, you know, I think I'm just kind of old school. I want everybody to have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I try to balance out who's available and who's interested and who's experienced and who's not. And that's kind of how I, I weigh my auditions. Well, that's that great. Way. And and almost like no asking the question, I almost knew your answer because you, you gave me a shot with colon cough and you can't oh, yeah. take it with you. I saw that. And I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I worked really hard on the accent and like I'm one who does my research, but that's mainly because I don't have anything else going on. So I'm just <laughs> thinking about the next show. It I'm works ready. for you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. That worked course. really well for me. Of course. Well, you know, as far as the, the people who you want to put there in the, in the, you want to put a strong person in certain roles. And I think for yeah. sure that would be Trotter in this case, because he's got, he's got a lot of words to say. <laughs> He he's certainly does, quick. and we sure hope he learns all those lines. Bless his heart. I happen to yeah. know he spends a lot of time learning lines. He does. He does, You're, and he always does learn his lines. And, and how yeah. would you know that about this particular cast member? Oh, nice. Well, <laughs> he, we're, you know, his last name's the same as mine. Yeah. He is my one and only son. Well, I think it's, I mean, I don't think anybody would ever think, oh, that's her, her son, so that's why she's putting him there. Because the first thing I thought of when I was doing my research on this show is, oh, that, that's Drew. You know, that Trotter is Drew for sure. You know, in this traditional Agatha Christie, uh, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation, I think, Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Hercule Poirot. He's this uh, <laughs> traditional detective. He's like the calm in the eye of the storm, you know, in the uh, middle of all this chaos and all these characters that you've got to decide. And he's the one that decides who is guilty, I guess. So what are like the, the pros and cons of, of that, you know, working with a family member? You know, um, it's interesting. I've only worked, I've worked with our, my daughter, Katie, but that was back when she was in high school. Her senior year was the first year I directed at the high school where she attended. And, and that was interesting. Not only was it, her senior year but it was my first year to do to direct one act play so I enjoyed that because I got to be involved with her and and I got to be in the process and that was great I've never had I've never had a problem I'm a really blessed mom my kids are good kids and they're pretty talented mm-hmm. and my grandkids are that. talented I'll just brag a little <laughs> oh, bit they all are. so what <laughs> I think is is that um, I think it's a real pleasure to work my, with my kids the the cons are I have to really make sure that I don't come down harder on them and expect more out of them than I would anybody else because I happen to have proximity <laughs> or um, I know how to find them. You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing. I don't want them to feel like they're getting picked on. There's also a shorthand there, whether that's good or bad. You might not have to say, 
you know, you might just have to give a look or something like that. But then there's the shorthand of uh, your entire life experiences together. <laughs> yeah, so. And that can almost, in the wrong situation, that those can all stack up on top of each and, other. And I remember, both in the case with Caitlin back years ago and with in the case, like, every time I've ever had, I've had Drew now in every show I've done here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always worry, I don't want people to think, you know, he doesn't get cast just because he's my kid. He gets cast because I think he's a really talented actor. He's he really talented. Uh, and I'm bragging. I'll say it. But um, I, I always try to give him an option. I don't, I don't expect. Mm-hmm. And um, when it came time for the show, I said, you know, I really would like for you to be auditioning for the show. But mm-hmm. you know what? The, the good news is you can do this role and be terrific. The bad news is it's a really wordy role. There's lots of lines. It's, it's kind of like Ryan's role last year. Memorization oh, yeah. heavy. It's just heavy duty. Well, and it's a lot of, uh, you know, it, it's just you're basically kind of walking the audience through the plot. So you've got you've got all these lines. Um, you, you But also you got to keep interesting while you're basically, you know, uh, while he's basically reading an entire, um, you know, investigations notes. And he's having to supposedly conduct these interrogations. And so there's a Mm -hmm. lot, it's not like, it's not like a lot of monologues. It's like a lot of question and answer, question and answer. Ah. And that's hard to keep up with. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I totally get it. If you don't want to walk into this, you know, I get it. Just let me know. That's the same thing I did with Caitlin back then. If you don't, you know, if you're not interested in doing this, you're under no pressure. What did he say? Uh, he was like, well, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And then when it pushed him to shove, he showed mm-hmm. up at auditions. So so did you, did you know, up, you didn't know up until auditions when he came in? And then I kind of thought probably he was going to, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't count my what count my eggs before chickens before they're hatched I didn't take for granted I don't take for granted anything because you never know what's going to happen I certainly for real I knew, I thought he might be good as Trotter I thought that was probably the role but I wasn't sure because he wasn't sure he, that was all he wanted to tackle and so I was having to look at options mm-hmm. you know if he's not available and somebody else comes in and and he kept saying mom if somebody gets that can read that role better than me don't you're under no we had that understanding I've heard him say as much too. I remember before the "You Can't Take It With You" auditions. I even th- said he was. A, I can't remember. Was it Tony? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. He played was, basically uh, yeah. the you know yeah. the romantic oh, lead. Yeah. What did I, I look said, out man, on that you're, deal? You're a shoe in for that. Yeah. It's like especially you know, and I kind of gave him a little. <laughs> you know, it's your mom, so you know. <laughs> oh. and, and he was like, no, like he and I could see it in his face. Like, he was like, no, I don't know. She might, she might not pick me. She might not even pick me for a part. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. And it's then, cool how he came about, like, because um, because you had moved here, and I don't know. I guess you were following uh, Katie and Shay. Yeah, or? we retired. We sold our business mm-hmm. and shut it down between the oil, oil, oil the oil, the between oil the money. oil bust. <laughs> There's come, an R in there somewhere. I, I think I come from the oil fields where yeah. I come from, but between the bust and the pandemic. Andy and I decided it was time to shut down the business and go see our grandkids. And so we went ahead and moved here permanently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we've been involved with the Lyric for lots of, t- lots of years because our kids have been doing Lyric productions before there was a Lyric theater here. They were yeah, at HPE that. doing that. Mm-hmm. And so we came and got down here, and then Nancy Joe had asked me, if, if, and Eric, would you be willing to do that? And, and that's how we got involved with what it. What a great day in the Lyric's history. I, I'm, but I know I, the, the, you know, Drew was living in Dallas-Fort Worth. 
And ever you know that he story. saved our <laughs> our hives for uh, Mama Mia. Mama Mia. Mm-hmm. Well, in. and that's a wonder. It's a long story, and I won't tell it here. But I get so tickled because I had already asked him to come audition uh, for "You Can't Take It With You" because mm-hmm. I thought he had done that show in high school, mm-hmm. but he played. Uh, Ed? Yeah, Ed. I played, played Ed, Ed when I was 19, and right. I was stationed I in Vegas. Right. Yeah. Oh, so he had played part. Ed, yeah. but I thought, I thought, you know, if I can just get him to come and spend, you know, a few weeks here, it'll be nice, and, and he could get, because he, he had not been on stage for 10 years. The wow. last role he it had done show. before Mamma Mia was he was Curly in Oklahoma at Midland Community Theater. Wow. So when that all transpired, and... Dr. Humfeld called and said, I'm kind of in a bind. I need somebody to do this, and I don't really know who to ask. Do you think Drew could do that? I said, oh, I don't know. You know, he's in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I know he's got some travel plans. And For all of you, you at know. home, this was the Monday <laughs> before we opened on Friday. And yeah. I remember Monday through Wednesday in rehearsal, he, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> he had the binder in his hands, and then he was good and off the book and sounding great. He's a good singer, too. Well, I was thankful for the opportunity because it got him back on stage. And? And and it worked, right? But then what happened was, after Mama Mia, I said, okay, you have done more than your duty here. You saved, uh, saved us in a bind, and you are not obligated to do. You can't take it with you. You know, I mm-hmm. ask you for a favor, and you do this. So you, if you need to go back to Dallas-Fort Worth, go on. Mm-hmm. Well, by that time, he kind of decided, you know, this is kind of nice, and you met a nice girl, and, mm-hmm. and things were looking up, and he decided, you know, that's not bad. I think I'll go ahead and stay and do the show. Well, you know, by the time that was done, then he was about ready to just, he works from home, and mm-hmm. so he didn't have to be in Dallas-Fort Worth, and if anybody's been in DFW lately, uh, nobody particularly wants to live no. there anymore. Oh, man, and I'm so I think, you know, yeah, even though he loves the city there. and he loves <laughs> some of those urban perks, mm-hmm. um, he was kind of really ready, I guess. I guess. I don't know, but he's still here. So I guess it worked out. (laughs) That made it like really almost, I hate to use the word magical because it sounds kind of cheesy, but I remember, you know, him and Kasia had just started dating. You know, a lot of us in, you can't take it with Mm -hmm. you. It was our first, like, not just first, like, role, but like first fun role. Yeah. You know, and like, they had their little um, cubby hole where they would go and read lines. And there was like, because of the way the set was designed, they had like a blanket there or whatever. <laughs> and it was just, you could just feel the energy in the air. Oh, it yeah. Cool. It was th- quite a match. It was. It really was. On stage and off, yes. apparently. And uh, was I a lucky director or what? I mean, did I have mm-hmm. to give them directions about certain relationship moves and things like that no i mean it was real natural and that's another thing that's cool is uh because i remember you delegated the blocking in their one-on-one scene Uh it was act one scene two and you do that a lot i I don't mean to get off off track here Uh elisa but and now kasha started to to assistant direct with you yeah and here's the thing i'm gonna take you know i'm the one they they kept talking about how they being eric and nancy joe Mm -hmm. and board different board members you know we need to grow our company we need to have more people that can direct we need to have more people Mm -hmm. that can do costumes and more people that can do things and so I that that uh the next spring when we did leading ladies Mm -hmm. I guess it was leading ladies such a great show and you Elisa was wonderful I'll never forget the phone call I made to Elisa it was your favorite part at one point because I called her and I said can you channel your inner (laughs) 
child and become 18, 20 years old again and <laughs> play that part. And she said, yeah, my only problem is I need to learn how to roller skate. And she did. Yeah, I mean, she Learning is an interesting word, but I yeah. was. I was on the skates every single day. She was running around her house. Yes. I mean, you know, is that dedication or what? I mean, and she, so I said, you know, can you do that? And and she was willing to do that. So I well, really and that's a testament out. to what you you said about how you can envision people in different roles because there were uh, it was myself and Kieran, mm-hmm. and we were both Kieran Myers, by the way. Yes, Kieran Myers, shout out. Um, been on stage with her a lot of times, and she's she's phenomenal. But we she were is. both doing roles that were mm-hmm. much younger than our. Mm-hmm. years in but, real life well you just nailed and it, it was so much fun it was it. so much fun that was a great show and there was so much comic relief well okay so speaking of of shows and, mm-hmm. and show time we've made it past auditions right now it's show time <laughs> yes oh let me say one more thing though that was the first time we had an assistant director oh was yeah. when cash was when did, that. Mm-hmm. did that and that sort of inaugurated the program Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that because I thought that was a great you idea. You should be. One of the reasons I did that, I, I offered to be the first one, was because going back to that judging thing, I knew that there were going to be some times I had to be gone, mm-hmm. and I needed somebody that I could depend on to take care of that, and that's how that evolved. Well, and you both just had a real good camaraderie. You know, it just seemed like you oh. just meshed with your ideas, and she would step up and talk about, you know, accents and, and doing and the look of things, and then it you guys really well. played well off of each other. She's an excellent. Talk about somebody who does their research oh, on yeah. top of having a big old brain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So from from the read through, which is you've you've cast your show. Right. And the first step is for folks to get it. For those of you who don't know, everyone comes together around a, a big table and just does a, a read through, a, a dry run. So from that read through to opening night (laughs) what what dynamics do you hope to see in the cast and the show from beginning to opening night um usually during the read-through the first time everybody gets together that's when we see i see the spark okay because everybody has an idea that oh we're going to all begin this together and this is what it's supposed to sound like Mm -hmm. okay um, and then it's just a step-by-step process. Now, I am not an accomplished blocking director, okay? I know blocking, and I can do blocking, but I can't do it all on paper and then transfer to the stage. Um, I would rather – I have to visualize it to see what, what it's going to look like, mm-hmm. and that's why I warn people, you know, mm-hmm. don't be offended if, this, if I say, let's do this, and then we change it because it may change. Now, sometimes, like I did with this cast, I said, a lot of this is going to be just your organic feeling of where you need to be, and then we're going to nail it down, and that's where it's going to be when we figured out how it looks and if it works. Well, and I really appreciate that, having been in shows with you, because there's some things that just feel better once you get up there and you start kind of 
working through the lines and you think, well, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel natural for me to be standing right here. Right. I, I feel like I should be doing X, Y, or Z. And so I really enjoy that freedom to kind of be able to play with movement on the you stage. You feel like you're, you're a co-collaborator. Yes, um, yes. absolutely. And, and that works for me. Now, I think it sometimes drives people crazy because they're like, well, you know, is that what we're going to do or not? Or is that what we've decided or not? And you told me to do time. it this way, and then now you're telling me right. to do it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I have to I, try to, do, I try to do a disclosure at the beginning of the rehearsals and say, okay, here's how I do things. And you're just going to have to bear with things. But there's going to be a time, and it's getting close to that time with uh, this show, mm-hmm. where ultimately it's going to be have to be just what I say we're going to do. Because I can only have so many opinions and so many offerings of advice for so mm-hmm. long and then I'm the one that's got my name on the ticket I'm the one that's going to have to be responsible mm-hmm. so there's a point at which I'll have to make that decision and I do that in collusion with my assistant director mm-hmm. um and and uh, but we have to decide it's going to be this way well and you're then, sitting out there in the audience yeah. and and you know that's what like I noticed with these pictures uh that we took this last time is this one from behind me, I've noticed now that there's getting to be a little bald spot I didn't know it was there before. And I wouldn't have known that without the picture. But but that's another point is that when you're you're out here on the stage, I mean you might feel good, but the people out there are the ones that That's the one of the yeah. hardest things when you're dealing with actors mm-hmm. to explain to them. Because they're on stage and they're saying well, you know, this doesn't feel right, or that doesn't look right. Well, well it I looks understand. terrible. Yeah. I understand, <laughs> but I'm out here mm-hmm. seeing the whole picture, mm-hmm. and if it looks good from out here, that's what we have to go with. For sure. See, yeah. and so, and and a lot of people that you know, it's hard for them because you know, well, you know, but we have to. That's where you have to decide. I'm either going to take the director's direction or I'm not. And that's why mm-hmm. you're called a director. Because in the end, it should be <laughs> your uh, opinion. And when you solidify things towards the end, I know that there there's a lot to having the same physical movements. It is important because there's been times when I've been on stage and maybe, you know, you skip a line or something happens, you mess something up, but your it's body's like, like I'm supposed to be yeah. walking right now. And so that, that muscle memory will cue a line in your, to bring you back around. Right. So you not only have to memorize your lines, but you also need that same muscle memory of doing those motions the same way. This show is different because basically it, it, you know, it all takes place at one location. And there's several times during the show where you have the same people in the same room and there's these inter- uh, interrogatory scenes where he's uh, Trotter's trying to ascertain who's what and who's the murderer. And I love the line where he says, well, okay, you know, nobody's going to fess up that they know such and such. So if you get killed, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting perspective for the police detective, you know, but um, that's kind of how it is. So we don't have as much, we don't have coming and going like we had in You Can't Take It With You. Mm-hmm. And we don't have... You know the two the train scene and then this, the the box car I mean the, not the box car but the 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 train car scenes mm-hmm. we don't have all that so it's kind of it's kind of like here it is and we have to work on other things than that. Mm-hmm. So what do you want the audience to walk away with after seeing the show at with it being kind of in the same? You're saying that it's not a lot of scene heaviness or scene changes so what are you what are you hoping that the audience will will get out of this 
Well, theoretically, we don't want them to figure out who the murderer is. Mm-hmm. Ever? Until it's exposed. It's expo- okay, so it mm-hmm. is exposed. But we don't want them to have it figured out before we get there. Mm-hmm. And I think Kasha used a phrase one night, and she said, you know, mm-hmm. these are characters playing a facade. And so you're really, you know, Drex is in the show. Drex is having to really be two people. He's two, he's got a, his character, and then he's got a, the facade of another character. Oh, and I so didn't really realize got, it was layered like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that's all part of the question. And I'm really, it's interesting because I've had people comment on, on the, I guess maybe on the lyric page, oh, I saw this in London, and, and mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, and I'm thinking, well, don't say anything. <laughs> no, please <laughs> you know, don't. Please don't tell people what's going to happen, you know, right. because, right. because, but I, then I, I read these stats about how this show was played continuously from 1952 to 2020. Wow. It was a continuous play on the show, Longest and they paused running. for the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then in 21, they picked back up, and they're still in production, and now it's in production in the States. So people don't even care if they know the yeah. ending. They love Apparently the show. They, they return and It's they all go. about the journey, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's with everything. No, it, yeah. no, it really, okay, so th- that's, that's really good, Drex, because what journey do you want this cast to feel like they were on um, when it's over? Finale, cast party, what are you hoping the cast will get out of this? Uh, I want them to feel like they were successful in what they did, that they they were entertaining, that they accomplished something maybe they weren't sure about. Mm. I want them to feel comfortable in what they did and what they accomplished. Um, I want it to be kind of a surprise thing. That's the fun of it. Mm-hmm. This, this show has a little twist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want them to enjoy the look of surprise on the audience members' faces when they finally find out the scoop. Oh, yeah, when you hear that big, <gasps> from the audience, uh, there's just mm-hmm. nothing like that feedback that's, I, I feel like that's why if you've ever been on stage and you want to go back again, it really is about the audience's reaction and how you have helped them come to a yeah. certain emotion mm-hmm. or feeling. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. You didn't ask me this question, but I'm going to tell you, we have some terrific acting in this show. Yeah. I mean, we have some people in this show, all of them, all of them, have just gone way beyond my expectations of what they were going to do, you know. And I was talking to them last night about how now I'm beginning to even see these little perks and little touches. You and might have to change it again, things, yeah, you know? <laughs> to, to to work around. But that. I mean, we these people. Well, this is a really talented group. Uh, we only have really one kind of newbie in the group, mm-hmm. and that's Aaron. Aaron, we bragged on him in the last podcast yeah. how much work he's putting into and it. His accent—it's really starting to sound good, you know. And but these guys are like pros. I mean, they know what they're doing, and they're really when you're working mm-hmm. with that caliber, and they come prepared and they're investing their time mm-hmm. memorizing the lines first. Then the the sooner you get that down, the more you can really develop a character. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun part of it when you start getting into that personality. The the lines are there, the movements there. Now you start to think who is, what little weird thing would they do? Right. What are their quirks? It's like Thanksgiving dinner. You know, you got all the sides made, or, and, uh, you know, not to add gender roles here, but, <laughs> but mom, mama's roasted the turkey, dad sliced it up, now it's time to eat, you know? That's the way I always feel. Um, is there a, um, do you have like a, a bucket list show? 
that you want, what, something you've always wanted to direct, um, or have you already done it? Yeah, I've, got a show I'd, I've got a show I'd like to do here that I'm going to submit at some point. Oh. Uh, Can you tell us? Or um, is it a secret? Yeah, it's no, it's not a secret. I don't know that it'll ever get produced here, but I'm going to throw it in the hat. There's a show called Inherit the Wind, and the movie had uh, George C. Scott, and I'm trying to remember who else, but it's the story of the monkey trials in Tennessee oh, when they were trying the creation, to decide. Right. They were they were debating oh. the creation theory. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's the reason I'm going to suggest it is because you know we have so many. Uh, Are our you listening, Joe Dennis? <laughs> Sorry. Our musical shows. <laughs> Joe and I've already talked about it. Oh, our right. our musical shows are shows where we have a whole lot of people and we can involve a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did this show years ago, and what I loved about it was I could put a whole lot of people on stage because there's a jury, mm-hmm. and you know there's some townspeople. But it's not a musical; it's a straight show, and so it's an opportunity to do a drama but have more people involved. Which is right. nice because when you're first starting, it, you don't want to jump into something crazy it's mm-hmm. nice just to get your feet wet being on stage and having people stare at you before you have to worry about dancing Bef- or that kind of saying stuff. a line or yeah. whatever yeah big casts have lots of family members and yes. that can yeah. fill a lot of seats it does you know? absolutely and, you know and i know mm-hmm. it's historical and all that but i'm a mm-hmm. kind of an old school kind of guy and i think i think there's a there's a good reason to do those shows yeah uh, and there's another show i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat too mm-hmm. no, there's another too. show that i really love called terra nova now that's not a big cast show terra nova is a show by uh, i think it's ted tally and it's the true story based on uh the is it uh, france the scott who went to uh the south pole and the mission the expedition it was a race to get to the south pole and what happened and it's like five or six men and one woman, so it's a limited cast. But it's a beautiful show about because the crux of the show is that the Brits had such a sense of propriety mm-hmm. and etiquette that they literally killed themselves with that. They would not eat their dogs to get home. Oh man, I couldn't do and that. And Amundsen, either. well, they they're they're pack dogs because if you you go so far so and drag pets. you there mm-hmm. and when you get there to get back to where you started you're gonna you can't take that many provisions and they wouldn't do that because that was not gentlemanly oh, and so so it's it. kind of that that's an interesting place to play around you know was it morals was it etiquette yeah, was it right. you know there's so many different things that could play into that i've done a lot of research i mean i've got pictures and all kinds of stuff because it's an actual event and i think that's interesting too well, for you sure. can't live on tea. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen to that accent. I know. He's, he's got it. He's got it. He had it before he even came into this show. Well, I really wanted to be in Noises Off. Yeah. So, so yeah. And I had a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, we have our director's cut recommendation segment. This is mean? brand new. To practice cut recommendation. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. Thank you yeah. for the lane. <laughs> okay. Have you seen or heard any media lately that has stuck with you and why? Meaning a, a play, a TV show, heard a song, a seen book. a piece of artwork. Yes. <laughs> has there been anything lately that you might uh, recommend? It doesn't even have, you don't even have to recommend it because it's good, but just something that, that, uh, has stuck with you hmm. Uh-oh. you know um you're gonna laugh 
uh, Andy Good, and I, I like laughing. Andy and I spend a lot of time in the evenings when we're not busy with other things. We watch old TV shows, and uh, we've really we really kind of happened on a show called uh, Third Watch. I think it was it was a police show from the mm-hmm. night from like the seventies or eighties. All kinds 80s. of stuff. Yeah. And um, I think that was the name of it. And and the thing we liked about it was it was like so many series. Uh, it had an ensemble that was in every show, like mm-hmm. most of them, you know. Um, but th- you get so involved with this ensemble through the different stories and the different mm-hmm. seasons and the different relationships that you just kind of get caught up in that. So we watched that months ago and got involved in that. And then we found some of the same actors in a, show, a series that came after that called um, NYPD Blue. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> Yes, yeah, that absolutely. was a, a that groundbreaking was show yeah, at the time. See, oh, the sure common, the common thread yeah. is Stephen Boko, or Bocho, mm-hmm. however he says that name. He's the, he was the creator and the director, and he did both of those series and some after that too. But he used a lot of the same people. So one of the leads in the second series was a bad guy detective in the first, and then he turns around and becomes a more complicated good guy. Not the same person, not the same character, but mm-hmm. he uses this actor and he turns him around to do another role. And, uh, you know, I just think I love ensemble acting. I love that. Mm-hmm. And when you get these people, and obviously these people work together for three or four or five or six years, whatever, and they become so good at creating this, this relationship, I like that. So we spend a lot of time watching those kinds of TV shows when we watch TV. Um, so I got onto a uh, a kick. Uh, Walker and I started watching Twilight Zones, the old yes. Twilight Zone, yeah, and I a was so surprised. A lot of people so cut their teeth surprised. on those too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I w- I was like, wait, Paul Newman. I mean, I recognized oh, yeah. so many people from those old shows. You know, like even like was he from the Big Valley? You know, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. people who this- I had no idea came out and got st- and. I mean the Twilight Zone. I, I'm going off here a little bit, but I will say, every horror genre, mm-hmm. scary suspense, whatever, there is a Twilight Zone about it. If it's made today, mm-hmm. there's going to be a Twilight Zone about it. Was it was like Black <laughs> Mirror Serling. before technology. Before, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, one one show that I'm really into right now. It's kind of a combination of both of those. I don't know if you'll watch True Detective, but season oh, four. Yeah. Season four, highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, it's a the second What's episode just came what, out. Uh, Max on HBO. Max? Okay, yeah. It's great. It's great. It's um. I don't know if you're familiar with the previous seasons, but this one's all it's not woman. It's Jodie Foster. Is it's Jodie Foster yes, in okay. the lead. I seen, yeah. Yes, I have seen a few episodes. And of then that. it's a uh, it's the same writer and director for every single uh, episode, and uh, it's a it's a female from I think she's from Mexico. Wow. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Yeah, I didn't Issa, Issa female, something. Right? Uh, not that she's listening. You know but, what's fun, uh, though? It's like Elisa's talking about. You watch these shows from the 80s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. and you see these actors, and you know when you look at the credits, and then you see them in the show, and you know that was their first big break. Mm-hmm. And it may just be as a part, like a little bitty part, a little bitty role, and it's like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And now these some of these people are like, 
major stars, movies or TV mm-hmm. or things. And But this was 20, 30 years ago, and they were just getting their first break. And they're all kind of networking together, and oh, they're sure, you know yeah. playing together and, and learning the mm-hmm. ropes. And So now you know what forward. a social life we have. We watch TV, <laughs> old police stories, things at night. That's what we do. So have mm-hmm. any of those uh, movies or episodes inspired you in directing The Mousetrap? Well, you know, they ought to since they're law enforcement. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will now. <laughs> I guess they will. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. I've kind of been letting every go- thing kind of go free reign for a while. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to have to start being more specific. You know, but, but you, you know, are that's working with thing. pros. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> You're right. I am working. You know, and I take <laughs> that for granted because <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of these things, I can just say, okay, here's what I want. Show <laughs> me what you got, and if I don't like it, I, I will, I'll let you know. I'd yeah. rather you give me more than less. I like to know where I stand. I, li- I like the uh, the feedback for sure. sure. Well, Darlene, thank you so much. You guys were so kind. We thank appreciate you. you taking the time. Oh, for I sure. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Encourage everybody to opening come. night. We'll see you tomorrow or yesterday or, or what, depending on when, <laughs> when this podcast this comes out. Yeah. Awards, right? We'll see you all the days. Yes. Thank you so much, and yeah. I appreciate y'all doing. I'm so glad the podcast is back. It's, it's back, baby. It's yeah, back, it is. <laughs> Thanks. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeehaw and howdy, y'all. We just want to go ahead and give our sponsors a big old Texas thank you. Thank you, Citizens National Bank of Brownwood. You know, Drex, Citizens National Bank has been a trusted bank since 1930 and has been a friend and partner to the Lyric for many wonderful years. We hope y'all... We'll come to see the mouse trap, and we really just want to thank our sponsor, Citizens National Bank, from the bottom of our hearts. I'm just tickled pink to be able to say this. Yeehaw! You know, it's always a pleasure to talk to Darlene. Um, and we'd like to thank her for taking time out of her busy schedule to come in here and chat with us. For sure. And also, thank you guys for listening. And remember to get your tickets for The Mousetrap and any future show online at brownwoodlyrictheater.com. Again, I feel like I, I need to really tell everybody, theater ends in T-R-E. At Deatra. least definitely on the website. Um, or you can just walk in, get them at the ticket box, box office. Uh, and follow our socials, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And you can also subscribe for the, to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast apps. Podbean, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, oh, it's YouTube Music. That's what's going to mm-hmm. be Google pretty soon. And, you know, make sure and like our hashtags, y'all. <laughs> Thank you for waxing lyrically with us today.